Hey everybody, welcome to Surface Level, creating a community where black and queer folks are fearless in thought and curious at heart. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan, and today, Tony, Damon, and I are discussing our relationships with alcohol. Are we excessively drinking or experiencing alcohol dependency? How can we establish healthier habits with alcohol? This is I'm Never Drinking Again. Have you ever heard that stain before? Said nobody ever. It was a lie. <laughs> a lot of people say I'm never drinking again, but it's always, like Tamar said, a lie. <laughs> I mean, I think particularly around this time of the year, which is like the beginning of the year, right? Everyone's always just like, you know, I'm not drinking. It's dry sure. January. Sure. We're going to see how long I can go without drinking. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like... That's a game that people play. New, That's what they ghetto do. Ghetto games. New Year's same bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to play a game. Of course you do. And the game is called, What Bottle You Bringing? Mm. So I'm going to give a scenario. <laughs> and you're going to let me know what bottle you would bring to that event. Okay. Well, it will never be Andre. <laughs> Girls, bring that cheap Andre. Oh. You never know. You can leave. All right. So the first scenario is your freshman year in college Mm -hmm. and you're going to a BYOB house party. Hmm. What bottle are you bringing? Freshman year of college, a BYOB house party. Sky. Sky vodka? I used to drink a lot of Sky vodka. Whoa. It's very strange. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Flavored? No, I never liked flavored alcohol. Even bad even with cheap alcohol, because it's like the flavor always tastes art. It tastes like plastic on top of the bad alcohol taste. I, Bougie since eighteen. It, 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 listen, <laughs> it, I don't. I, I need my apple taste like a, a dragonberry. I, no, no. Well, you know, I was a little uh, green, greener with my flavor options and tastes because I had just started drinking in college, and I remember drinking like the peach rum. Ooh. Um, Bacardi. Bacardi rum. The okay. peach Bacardi rum. Period. And, that, thinking about and that. that seemed like a thing that was like a constant for a while. Like it was always around. But then like the 99 apples and stuff like that. So, but that's that. like for shots and spin the, not spin the bottle, but it was like, well, I guess it's spin the bottle, but if it lands on you, you take the shot. Got you. Um, Are you talking about Kings? It might have been. Black people play the most ghetto games. (laughs) (laughs) I was bringing the same thing. Bacardi Peach. Oh. Specifically. Yeah. All right. Next scenario. We're a little bit older. Mm -hmm. We're in our early 20s. We're in New York City. Mm -hmm. You're going to a house party, Mm -hmm. but you don't know the host or 90% of the people there. What bottle are you bringing? Um, Jack Daniels? Or there was like a Cuervo period in time that I feel like I was I would bring that. Ooh, I think for for me, around that time, that might have been when I was just getting into the the I was drinking drinking like Jameson shots, Jameson um, whiskey. Was it whiskey? It's Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jameson. Okay. Jameson and ginger was my drink for a while. Mm, had me in a chokehold for a strong <laughs> minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, I think I was bringing, if I didn't know the people, I feel like I was maybe bringing, like, was I bringing Spetka? Probably. I was probably bringing Spetka. Yeah. If I didn't know (laughs) the people. That sounds about right. If I knew the people, I was bringing Kettle One. 
<laughs> but if I know the people, oh, I'll bring in Spec. Oh, we drank a lot of kettle one. We did have a kettle one. We had a lot. Kettle one had us in a chokehold for a while. We, we would drink so much, we would not be able to leave the house to go to the club. <laughs> Missed the party. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So fast forward a little bit further into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going, it's your mid-20s, and mm-hmm. you're going to a friend's giving. What bottle are you bringing? Uh probably some type of like a red wine or prosecco at that point mm-hmm. um mid-20s going to a friendsgiving yeah i'm probably because i think i was like mid-20s i was not quite as classy yet you know i, I hadn't <laughs> arrived so i think you i wasn't the grand it would be yeah. i think i started to transition to if I didn't start to transition to tequila, I would bring like a whiskey. It would still be something along Liquor. the whiskey line. Dark. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a sweet potato pie and a Jack and Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think at that point I was a bullet girl. Mm, okay. Like I think I was like moving yeah. into that space. <laughs> All right. Now present day. We just had this holiday just passed. So don't think about that one. But um, <laughs> you're going to a New Year's Eve party. Mm-hmm. What bottle are you bringing? I'm hosting at my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm and I'm making a cider. Let's assume that you can spike yourself okay. with makers or some type of bourbon next to it. Okay, so you're doing a homemade cider, yeah, and then assorted, uh, yeah, make uh, spike at your own will. Got you. Mm. I, for for me, I would be bringing a bottle of champagne, maybe a Veuve Clicquot. Mm. Uh, maybe a Moet, um, but yeah, I I enjoy I enjoy champagne extensively. It's my grandmother Geneva got me started on. She got me on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I'm bringing. Is it Vuv or Vuv? It's Vuv. Vuv. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm it's definitely bringing that. Or Moet. Um, and then lastly, thinking oh. out into the future. Okay. It's the pregame for the Renaissance World Tour. <laughs> what bottle are you bringing to the pregame? Ooh, Casamigo, like a, a really good tequila. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might be a two one two. Is that is that what it's called? The um that tequila that's really and it's in a tall bottle. Oh, uh, well, I was just thinking about that tequila. Oh, and if it's not that one, the Casa Casa, Casa Azul. Casa Azul. But I was thinking about the tall. It's in a dark bottle. I know. I can't even think yeah. of the. Oh, something eight four one eight two one eight. It's a th- yeah yeah something like that. What is it? Don't it's, matter. It's, it's a two one something. <laughs> Not a two one two. It's on the two one two on the uptown. <laughs> hey, what are you gonna do? Um, I think Hendrix. Like I've just really been on a gin kick. Mm. It'll be the summer. I like a gin and tonic in the summer or French or French seven. I'm actually gonna be drinking French seventy fives. So. Okay. <laughs> so I have to bring <laughs> Hendrix and I have to bring a nice prosecco. Gotcha. Kill. Okay. Count. Okay, great. Well, what you know, nothing. Not what, ghetto. To the what to, your, what to, are you bringing? Um, probably weed edibles. <laughs> <laughs> the girls and the edibles. Sitting, I'm like, what is happening? Listen, when she plays heated, and I'm sitting there like in a daze. Um. All right. So, 
Um, we're having a conversation today about um, just our relationship with alcohol, our consumption patterns, um, and just overall sort of unpacking some of those things. So I love to start kind of like at the genesis, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we kind of talked about it a little bit in the game, but um, I believe we all started um, really participating in social drinking when we entered into college. Um, and I'm curious to know, what purpose did alcohol serve for you in college? Like, what, wh like, what did you aim to gain from <laughs> drinking while you were in college, Tony? I feel like in college because I didn't drink liquor before college, mm. and so it was very exploratory. It gave like it was my I was of age. I was around other people who were drinking. There was nobody around to tell me no. Who gonna check me? Uh, and so I got to discover alcohol and what that, what effect it would have on me. And it was fun socially. Like, you know, a lot of college students that age, you're, you're, you're drinking. I mean, there's not classes, like you're drinking and having fun and exploring things that you felt adults do. Um, <laughs> and so... <laughs> I think, and then also, I feel like the game aspect. Like there are a lot of games that I don't remember. You said gang. I was just like, no what? games. Like a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of drinking games. Mm -hmm. There was even like yes. a, 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 I don't know what they a social club at Howard. Oh, that was for uh -oh. drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, those girls was getting wild. I wasn't part of that social club. Um, I was a part of you know just my, my social club, but then also. As I started to explore my sexuality and understanding what effects alco alcohol had on me, yeah, and as it relates to sex, you transform. I feel like it was a good time. Like drunk, <laughs> drunk sex was amazing. Wet and wild, huh? Oh, wet and wild, yeah. <laughs> and also, I discovered like a lot of people would tell me because I do, I become more myself. I feel like when I'm drinking, and it's even more guards down. Mm -hmm. And so people were like, "Oh, I love drunk Tony." Like we love drunk Tony. Mm -hmm. yeah, love. That number. We do not like drunk Tony. <laughs> drunk Tony's tipsy Tony's fun. Time. Drunk Tony well, drunk goes Tony off the rails quickly. On, on another level. <laughs> but um, but when I say drunk Tony, that's I guess it would be like a tipsy, tipsy Tony. Tony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so you felt like you were able to be more sexually expressive. You felt like I was you my, were forward. You felt a little bit more, yeah, like a, less <laughs> inhibited. <laughs> yeah, grab my girls by the neck. De definitely Come inhibited. Uh, more, you know, like you get that like Incredible Hulk strength. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. and people like that. Oh, all right people now, like that. <laughs> <laughs> they do like that. You put a little force on them. Put that, yeah. put that hammer down on. Them. <laughs> <laughs> it's hammer time. This is going on. It's hammer time. <laughs> um, Demond. You know, it, it, for me, it was just about experimentation. Like, I, I too, didn't really... I didn't drink before college. Shalom, we were you in... You a bunch of goody-two-shoes. We in, were in, in New yeah. Orleans for alternative spring break. Okay. Like, 700 feet from Howard. Like, when everybody still went down to New Orleans, it was after Katrina. We were doing volunteer work during the day. We were out on Bourbon Street at night. It was the first time I ever got drunk. And I was drunk off of hand grenades. That was, like, green... What is that? Oh, you, have you been to New Orleans? No, no. So, oh, explosive. There's a, there's a drink, like a strange, like green, bright green slushy drink that you okay. can get on like Bourbon Street. Like they're like hand grenades in hurricane places. Like anybody from New Orleans would probably be like, ugh, that's disgusting. But like it's a thing for tourists. Okay. 
So I got back to where we were staying. I was throwing that green slush oh, up. No. It was a, oh my God. I, it was it was the first time I go. I will never be drinking again. Okay. Um, but it was an experiment. Failed. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, and was just trying to like I don't know. I, being social in like those big group settings is not my strong suit. So like I think it was like okay, this helps. Let's try this. Try too much. Got you. But yeah, that, so it's that, kind that, of like that, a social lubricant for you yeah. almost. Oh. Said try, try too much. Try too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Ben? Congratulations, you played yourself. Um, <laughs> so my my first experience, I was in a, I was in the freshman girls' dorm, um, and I was pre gaming for a party. It was the first time that I ever drank. It was Bacardi, Peach. Okay. Fast forward, I'm <laughs> literally singing to this group of girls. I believe it's like 112 or like Jagged Edge or something. You were into the bottle. Yes, I was singing <laughs> to the group. And then we, like the group of guys that I was with and the group of girls that I was with, we all went to this house party. We walked to it and I had the time of my life. Don't remember much of it. Um, <laughs> got some girl's phone number who was texting me the next day. I woke up on an air mattress in my friend's um, room. We all went to the cafe next morning and like um rehashed what happened the night before but i think what i took away from that experience was that um i didn't i got out of my head mm -hmm. like i would i get i embarrass easily so the <laughs> idea of me singing in front of people that i don't really know that well is mm -hmm. like crazy like mm -hmm. i'm not even like a huge karaoke person to this day because of that <laughs> but you are a showgirl you yes, well, a showgirl in front and in, in, in a spirit. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. That comes out. It's typically just at home in the you mirror. Take the stage, exactly. Right. Give a performance. So, um, I think for me, it allowed me to just like not really overthink, you know, or be so like observant around mm -hmm. like my, of my surroundings, and allows me just to like be me and just mm -hmm. kind of like talk to people, make up conversations, end conversations, move on to the next conversation, run around, laugh. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, for the first, I, it was weird, but I, it was probably the first time that I actually felt like free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Cause yeah. there are a lot of folks to this, to this day, that people say they like drunk Jordan because <laughs> drunk Jordan is just a little bit more like let your hair down. Oh my God. Right, I didn't know out, you, honey, they're like, I didn't know you had this personality. I didn't know you had, well, I've had you a know, dollar for every time. All, so. Yeah. Everybody said, you know, everybody well, says that. You break they have so this... the end of time choreography immediately. It's drunk. <laughs> Put your hands together. <laughs> so drunk Jordan and drunk Tony are a good time. Um, <laughs> so like thinking more present day. So a little bit of research, the CDC limits moderate drinking to one drink a day for people assigned female at birth two drinks for people assigned male at birth mm. present day how often are we adhering to these guidelines jordan well i'm going to answer this 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 question a little bit differently so currently i haven't been drinking since september mm -hmm. um so my answer is going to be pre-september um hell no <laughs> i was not adhering to the cdc <laughs> saying two two drinks is like I don't really know in what instance I'm really having just to, <laughs> unfortunately. And it's, it's so bad because what I feel like I reason? also lie to my doctor when they ask me questions like that. They're like, how many drinks do you have? I'm like, do you really want me to count what I had this week? Child. I'm like, it was a celebratory week. I don't want to give you the real number. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't adhere to that. I think that if I can just give an example of like what a more upbeat night looks like for me, um, I would say that I, I maybe have about like three drinks like leading up to the party or whatever like that. And then maybe another three drinks mm -hmm. 
at the actual event itself. Um, so let's just say six on a party night. And that was you use your whole week's allocation, whole week's allocation, which <laughs> I hear is not healthy to build up a, a, a credit of, of drinks and then spend it all on one night. You know? And that's if like, if that's a Friday, it's just like, I might be doing something on Saturday. So yeah, mm. I don't adhere to that at all. And mm-hmm. I don't really know. I feel like it was the norm. I feel like everyone around me was drinking just as much. Now, how are you getting it? <laughs> not y'all not y'all you say y'all drinking just as much as i am not sh- not y'all specifically but in general you know Tony. you know i think as far as adhering to those guidelines guidelines are guidelines <laughs> it's, a suggestion. it's a suggestion you know it's not it's not a hard and fast rule and i feel like unless like nowadays present day because that's what the question was about like i Unless I'm going to like an after work event, which is a work, a work event, something that's tied to work where there's alcohol flowing, or if I'm going to a dinner or catching up with a friend, yeah. I don't find myself really drinking a lot at home alone. Maybe an occasional glass of wine here and there, present day. But outside of that, like if I'm going out to drink and have a good time, those guidelines are tossed right out the window. (laughs) Because if I'm having a good time, I want more drinks and I want to drink more. And I think if I'm having a good time, if I'm, whether I'm dancing or it's good conversation, drinking more just makes it better. (laughs) It just (laughs) amplifies the moment. And so the, the guidelines, you know, I never really, um, like, heard that there were like until this doing this episode i never really like knew that there were actual like oh you're supposed to only drink this much per week if you were assigned a male at birth or a female or woman at birth i'm just like this is that's weird and why <laughs> why like well that's that's the thing i think it's been so normalized right to to drink a certain a certain way those cdc guidelines have been around for a very long time mm-hmm. um but i think that American culture in general just indoctrinates you into sort of like, you know, college drinking and Mm -hmm. that's a whole thing. And then that post-college, like, especially for us, where we like went directly into our careers and Mm -hmm. moved into industries that socializes a lot. Mm -hmm. Like we have a lot of parties in fashion and marketing and media and advertising. Um, And so when you look around, it seems so normal that when you actually hear those guidelines, you're just like, really? Is everyone ignoring them? And everyone is, for the most <laughs> part. Not everyone, but you know, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, majority I mean, folks. I mean, similar story. I think, though, I think in the last maybe year or so, I'm closer to those guidelines than I've ever been. Okay. Mm. Just because, like, my lifestyle is different. Like, I'm not actually out that much. Right. Work and stuff doesn't have that many events. Like, our work lives have changed. Yeah. Um, And then, like, if, if, like, I'm at home with my partner, if we drink, like, he's not, like, some... Lunch. he doesn't drink that much mm-hmm. so like i'm not about to just be there throwing him back <laughs> and then he now he's asleep and i'm still up drinking by myself that's crazy um so yeah well, you, i mean there's nothing wrong with drinking a little something by yourself you no, have no, no, a little something but like hey, i'm not about to be and sitting then, there having then, a, a then, three four five by listen, myself you might wild. you might go in the bedroom and saunter in <laughs> <laughs> slither on it <laughs> 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 Wake him on up, wake Big Daddy up. <laughs> Somebody waking him up. He sleeps like a rock. Oh God. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I, I understand. Our <laughs> lifestyles have changed drastically. So present right. day is a lot different and we yeah. are closer to <laughs> the guidelines. <laughs> um, continuing with a bit of information, a research study from the Center uh, for American Progress saw that 25% of LGBTQIA community members drink dangerous amounts of alcohol compared to 5 to 10% of the general population. Emotional distress, anxiety, fear, and feelings of low self-esteem are recognized as leading causes of alcohol dependency. Do any of these factors play into your alcohol consumption? Tony. Mm -hmm. Well, for starters, you know, because I had to do a little bit more digging. Oh, um, oh, we're back. On the research. I'm glad you're prepared today. Yeah, today <laughs> I'm very prepared. Um, and you know, when I'm prepared, that's when I'm at my prime. And that's when I really <laughs> take center stage. Like, Jordan, I'm a showgirl as well. Uh -huh. ah, so, Love that. the actual information that you were reading came from um, Alcohol Rehab Guide. And I, I said, let me dive a little deeper. And, and it said that one of the most intense reasons for higher alcohol consumption is the bigotry faced by the LGBTQ plus community on a daily basis. And this is especially true for older LGBTQ individuals who reside in less tolerant regions, mm. which I think is, it's kind of, that tracks. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. to me, that, that really tracks, especially, I feel like we're in this New York City bubble mm -hmm. and we have so many different privileges. When you go to small, Mob Mobile, Alabama, as we like to say, <laughs> when you go to like those small towns, yeah. it's their experience is so drastically different. And I could see how they could be driven to drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but listen, one of the things too, I'm like, we, we always in the black community, but especially in the, in the black queer community, we find things to celebrate and reasons to drink. So whether you're sad, you want to have a cocktail. When you're happy, <laughs> you want to have a cocktail. When you're celebrating something, you want to have a cocktail. When it's when the weather's nice, let's go outside and I'm drink. I'm definitely going out to have a cocktail. When the weather's, when the weather's bad, I'm staying like inside a, and having a, a drink. Wine. Right. So I think that bad weather, red wine. I think that good weather prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a reason to drink. And but I think that yes, like the, these factors these things do personally play a role on what drives me to drink based on how I'm feeling emotionally, based mm -hmm. on what's going on in my life. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever gotten to a place where I've fully like jumped off the deep end mm -hmm. and to the point of no return. And so like sometimes I we I used to joke with a couple friends of mine when we were younger. We like you want to like peek over the pearly gates and look in and see what's going on. <laughs> but then you don't you don't want to like jump off. You want to come back down to reality. And mm -hmm. so I've never found myself dependent and needing to have mm -hmm. a cocktail in order to get through. Mm. Yeah. So, Jordan. Um I I did feel like I had to depend on um alcohol. I think that um socially speaking, mm -hmm. um I typically feel especially if I'm around an environment that I don't know a lot of people and there's no real like organization to get people to meet one another. It's mm -hmm. kind of just like throwing somebody in a room and just saying make friends. Mm -hmm that stresses me out. Mm -hmm. um, and so in order for me to be able to get through that experience, I drink typically mm -hmm. faster, typically more than I normally would. Oof. And um, my, my goal or my hope is that by drinking more, I'll get to the point in college where I've trained myself to believe that like by drinking more, I think less and mm -hmm. I'm able to be present in the moment mm -hmm. and less in my head about what's going on around me. And I realized um, I realized that it, you know, 
lack of confidence and anxiety and fear of being judged kind of were all at play mm -hmm. um, in terms of sort of some of my alcohol consumption. And although I didn't necessarily um, overdo it like at home by myself or anything like that, I did see that alcohol dependency was a, or I use alcohol as a tool to sort of get through some of those uncomfortable social um, experiences. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, there was a time I can drink with the best of them, <laughs> but Mother Randall, <laughs> when I say there was a time where I got to a point where I was like, if I have another drink, it's giving alcohol poisoning. <laughs> and this bitch used to be able to go there. I would, to I go would to the next say. level and still drink more, and I was just like, "How?" I thought yeah. I was. I, it's interesting doing something because, like, I, I probably had similar feelings being in social settings to Jordan. Because um, mm. you know, I don't, I don't like all these people, child. And then you put me in there, I got to talk and strangers, and oof, very stressful. Um, but mm. like for me, it it just became a, a situation where like. If I'm that uncomfortable, I would rather remove myself totally. Like, if we'd be out in social things and it's just like, my fun's at capacity. Thank you. I'm going home. And mm -hmm. like that, just be more than like, cause like when we were younger, we were like, the mind's fucked up. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> the mind is sleep. I, I mean, the mind like, be knocked out. Just, I, that was taking a nap. Right. I'm like, that's <laughs> it's, it's tacky, classless. Um, and that was just, I was just like, mm, I don't want this. Um, and it was just like, if I'm in this environment, I'm like that uncomfortable with it. I'm just like, I'll find different environments mm -hmm, that yeah. I enjoy a bit more. Mm -hmm. And even when we go out socially now, like if we're uptown, I'm always just like, I'd rather go to, to like next. Mm -hmm. Just because I like a lounge, chill, we can talk kind of thing versus yeah. like feeling, I don't know, like I'm in that like fish bowly kind of thing that sometimes it can feel like when you're at some queer activities. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that... I think it's just deciding where to place myself is how I manage that for like, especially specific to like queer spaces and experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I understand, I can understand having to need a cocktail and a drink around a crowd of like people you don't know and how that could help get you more loose and, and more, I don't know, friendly or more, uh, social, social mm -hmm. and wanting maybe like if you you might approach someone and have a conversation or if someone approaches you you might not be so like in your like recluse or what have you so mm -hmm. that makes sense and I, there's a lot of people out there that can identify with that mm -hmm. but i want to talk about like now with our relationship to to drinking and we've had all of these experiences have you ever intentionally reevaluated your drinking habits and if so what experiences influenced that decision for you Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I reevaluate my relationship with alcohol often. Um, I think a lot of people do, especially around this time of the year. I think that people reevaluate. But for me specifically, um, most of my evaluation is two main reasons why I typically would evaluate, reevaluate my relationship with alcohol is one, if I'm trying to get in shape. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I want to cut the calories and the sugar. Yeah. And two is if I do something embarrassing while I was drunk, Out drunk. and mm -hmm. I wake up with shame mm -hmm. um, or both or both at the same time or both at the same time. <laughs> both. And so, yeah, I, I think that before, before September, I think the last time that I've um, reevaluated sort of relationship with liquor or alcohol in general um, was when I, in 2021 when i like worked with a personal trainer 
Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with this trainer for the majority of the year and I was not expecting it, but on my very, like before my very first training session, he was like, I want you to cut out alcohol completely for a month. Um, and you know, I did it cause I was just like, I'm paying for it. Now my money's in the game. So I need to like <laughs> get my money's worth. Mm-hmm. So I cut out drinking and, um, I think that that was the first time that I actually saw the the actual mental benefits of not drinking. Cause I think before that, all of my like cleanses have been short lived. Mm-hmm. They lasted for like maybe a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. That was the first time where I felt like, okay, like I'm really like doing this and mm-hmm. I feel mentally more clear mm-hmm. um, and I feel more focused and I feel more light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And I, and I think right now, um, I'm just reevaluating it all together. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in terms of my reliance on it sometimes as a social lubricant, um, or my reliance on alcohol, making things more fun when I feel like they're not that fun. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, maybe if I drink, I'll be, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be <laughs> into this in more. Spirit. Maybe the music will start sounding better. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like terrible uh, and, the, and the people will start looking better, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I, and I feel like. Yeah, I just got to the point where I just had to reevaluate it. And I just, I I realized now, especially at this stage of my life, that it requires way more energy and effort for me to recover from bad hangovers physically. Mm. Um, And I don't have the free time that I used to have before this podcast and before this new job. Um, And simply put, I really don't have... (laughs) I don't have the time to be like to bent be out of shape. Nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah, not so bent out of shape, bitch. That just took me out. Bent out of shape, waking <laughs> up upset, mm-hmm. groggy, annoyed. Sick. The whole day just flies by. You missed all your morning errands, and now you got to wait till next weekend to do them. Right. It's just, it's not conducive for my lifestyle, and it's also, um, you know, it wasn't really a healthy mm-hmm. choice. How I was, you know moving forward with my relationship mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> um <laughs> so there was a point after i actually have never really talked to y'all about this um Uh-oh. after my father passed where i was drinking a lot mm. alone mm-hmm. um in my this is the pandemic it was 2020 um and i was just like drinking all, i would like drink myself to sleep like every night Mm. And I remember, like, there was one point I like, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna buy any more alcohol because I don't, I don't want to have it in the house. And then, like that day, I, I like, I started to freak out. And I would go to the bodega at like midnight and buy a six pack and drink it to go to sleep Beer. because, mm. yeah, just because like I was so like dealing with grief and not understanding how to process it, and like that was just such a crazy time in the world. Yeah. Um. And I remember the, after those couple of nights where, like, I was, like, walking out in the streets of Harlem to go get alcohol in the middle of the night. To, and I was just like, I cannot continue to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was, like, my thinking just about, like, what, who my father was in my life, what he would want for my life, dealing with his absence this way. I was just like, I can't. I, I, I can't do this. Um, and it was something that I then like, which you all do know, I was like doing a lot of artistic things and stuff that year. And that was like one of the things where I was like, okay, I need to do something different. I need to do something that pours into me and helps me work through these things in a way that is more beneficial 
<clears throat> to getting into a positive place. So I started making more art. I worked out a lot that time because I remember I was like, well, if I'm like trying not to drop a weight on my toe, like I can't think about the things that are stressing me out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just, um, it, I don't know. It, it was something that I was dealing with alone and I had to like be like, whoa, wait, nigga, like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, and like rarely have I felt like I've always until that other than that moment I always felt like even when I drank a lot I was like I don't really need to do this I'm fine mm. and like I could like just stop and so go on about my life and drink water mm -hmm. um, and in that moment I was just like I feel a level of dependency that is new and I remember I was like hmm maybe maybe not this yeah so yeah that was that was a very um pinnacle experience just just about what was happening and and uh, noticing very very clearly that i need to do something differently mm -hmm. wow thank you for sharing that yeah no clue yeah no <laughs> I, was... I no clue demon is very well first of all i yes thank you for sharing that and secondly i'm sorry that you had to go through that alone uh but demon knows this about himself that you are the girl that is like i'll deal with it i'll handle it mm -hmm. i'll figure it out and i you should know that your your sisters are here uh whenever you need to talk yeah. or whenever you need to escape or whenever you need help or whatever whatever the case may be jordan and i are definitely all around we'll, ma we'll make ourselves available yeah it was a strange time in the world yeah Not, uh, so very strange. um but uh. for me quick story so story time <laughs> i the only time i really reevaluated like my drinking habits was it had to do with an ex and hmm. we were it was a time when i was laid off from work and i was having the best year of my life <laughs> fun employed is the best employment <laughs> um and i was you know just i don't think i was drinking excessively but you know when you drinking and having fun and you're out and you get into a little back and forth and then the other person wants to say, you're drunk. <gasps> Sorry. Girl. <laughs> I, I also use that. And, and it, and it, <laughs> <laughs> that is very triggering. And it's given yeah. like, you will not. It's like, bitch, you've done that to me. So I'm like, I know you do that. <laughs> right. But also hate it when it's I done to me. I hate when that happens, but I do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. It's, it's, it, was, it was a very triggering thing because it was like, you, you're not going to get to use that as an excuse to gaslight, you. gaslight me shame me whatever the case may be i was giving oh absolutely not <laughs> i stopped drinking cold turkey for the entire month of it was august too at that <laughs> summertime oh my I goodness summer i didn't drink a lick and it was so much liquor flowing around everywhere people were like you're you're really not gonna have a drink and i was like nope not gonna have a drink because this bitch will not <laughs> will not be the one to tell me like i'm drunk when i get when i'm getting her together i'm calling her out on some shit and i'm gonna get her yeah. together every day of the month of august <laughs> sober so that to me was the time you know that i had to just take a step back but then also now i feel like beyond that 
like we've all kind of been saying, I hate hangovers. Mm -hmm. I hate really yeah. bad. Oh, they're, they're so painful. They take longer to get they through. They take so long. And, um, but that doesn't mean I, I don't go over the limits every now and again and still get a hangover. But I'm just more, I know what my limits are. I'm more clear on that and when to stop drinking before it gets too far. And then mm -hmm. the times that it does get too far is when I'm really out having the time of my life. A ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in our 30s now. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about what healthy adjustments have we made with our relationships to alcohol. Like, how are we now different and just more mature about it? We, you know, we're 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 not old, but we are better. Yeah. <laughs> we're not older, but we're I'm better. Old. Hello, experienced. We're um, experienced, seasoned. Step one: water consumption. Yes. During the mm. entire night, have a drink, have a water. Mm -hmm. I'm just like too old to be drying my insides out like that. <laughs> Can't do that. Two, um, I just think now the the goal is no longer like let's go get wasted. Why would I want to do that? It's awful. I have no interest it's in awful. it. I'm all out of sorts now. Ooh. I'm just like I know I'm gonna hurt tomorrow. I want I want to if we become a little more giggly or whatever with like I want anything that I consume or I do to just amplify the actual experience of being with the people I care about. Mm -hmm. And like, if I'm yeah. so fucking drunk that I'm stumbling and I, you can't talk to me and like, what, what's the point of us being out? Yeah. And if I'm so yeah. fucking drunk that like, I can't even dance and I'm just falling over or we're out. What is the point of being there? And if mm -hmm. I'm so drunk that like, I'm going to spend more time hurting tomorrow than I actually spent out enjoying people. What's the point of it? Mm -hmm. um, so that's just kind of where I am. Just, the, the the goal is to like in in some way amplify the experience without like it turning into dark sidedness. Child. Yeah, Jordan. Um, I think in this in these past few months of um not drinking but still being social and still mm -hmm. going to all the things that people are at, I'm realizing um that I don't like a lot of the environments that I was putting myself in. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really find them fun. And you can realize you can realize that <laughs> real quick when you're extremely sober in these spaces and you're just like, whoa, I was like, I can't believe I used to do I used to like be in this place for like four hours at a time. Mm -hmm. Um I think that, you know, whenever, if ever I decide to start drinking again, I think that um pacing will be my friend. Mm -hmm. I yes. think allowing myself to just sort of like actually interrogate whether or not I actually want to be in some of these voluntary spaces mm -hmm. um before getting to the point where it's just like the liquor's taking over. Mm -hmm. Um and I and and being able to to your point realize when the fun has hit capacity and mm -hmm. it's time to go. Cause there's nothing wrong with going home no. and calling mm -hmm. it a, a night if it's not um your cup of tea i also think that um also just realizing that um i don't need to necessarily like the goal of drinking for me shouldn't be to get drunk or mm. to um like i to appreciate that i can actually just like appreciate the drink mm -hmm. you know what i mean like if i'm going out it's just like no i want to have a glass of wine because i feel like it's going to taste really really good with this steak mm -hmm. not because i'm trying to like get to some sort of mental state where i'm like mm -hmm. uninhibited mm -hmm. you know and i want to be able to appreciate drinks for the craft behind mm -hmm. it versus an end result of being somewhat 
um, you know, detached from, from reality. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think that just, um, I think that I, I've discovered a lot in this process about myself. Um, and, you know, I'm just looking forward to sort of just having like a healthier, mm-hmm. um, more easygoing relationship with it. And if I feel like I'm ever uncomfortable, it's like powering through it. I've had to power mm-hmm. through a lot of social environments where I've been bone sober. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it ain't that bad. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy that I I had that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I am I'm more mindful of when I've had enough and or just when I'm simply not in the mood to drink. Mm-hmm. Just because someone asks, Do you want to drink? And it's gonna be actually no, no. I don't I don't want to drink. And I I think that sometimes, like Jordan's talking about, it's fun to be a little bit more on the sober side and being out and just being high on life. And that to me, like I can drink without getting to my capacity of what my intake is Mm -hmm. and still have an amazing time, be able to recall the night, be able to give a kiki and a fireside chat. Make a new friend. Yeah, make a new friend and actually like recall and remember. Exactly. So those things are are important and there it's nice to be able to like have that experience and not feel like you didn't have fun because you weren't wasted and i think that i understanding i don't need advice to have a good time and knowing how to exist without it mm-hmm. and with it and know what the difference is and yeah. know what i'm like when i'm sober when i'm when i'm have drinks and when those lines cross and not just kind of be able to tell and know and understand my body and how I feel when I am drinking versus not, or when I just on that journey of like having alcohol throughout a, a night. Um, so that's kind of nice. And I enjoy that. Yes. Period. Listen, it's all about like less, less. definitely, <laughs> definitely less create more space to actually like live life. It's mm-hmm. hard to recall things when everything's a blur right. um, and being present because, you know, all of this could slip the finger cracks, right. but being, being present for it, I think is so, is so valuable. Yeah. So on that note, that's all the time we have this week. This season of Surface Level is presented by Moby, Mobilizing Our Brothers Initiative. And if you or someone you know is displaying signs of alcohol dependence, we encourage you to visit cdc.gov alcohol for resources and information. And if you've enjoyed this episode, let's keep the conversation going. Let us know your thoughts and questions at surfacelevelpodcast.com. And remember, stay curious.